Welcome to Tucumcari First Assembly's podcast. Now open your hearts to be changed by the Word of God. David McCullough said this, Why is it that some people look at the stars and shoot for them, yet other people barely even look up? There's, there's this... There's this thought, I mean, why, why, do we, why, why did we come to church today? For some, it was for one reason, for others, it's enough. But the, the Word of God, I mean, it instructs us to lift up our eyes to the heels, to the one who made them. Come on, everybody. To, to be reminded of God's power, God's all, God's presence. To be reminded that God, though He spoke the world into existence by the power of His words. And the words of Jesus come to mind. Seek ye first the kingdom of what? Kingdom of God. And all other things will be added unto you. But you you don't get other things until you do what? You seek first his kingdom. Not your kingdom. Not my kingdom. His kingdom. Seek first his kingdom. God knows what we need. If we would just follow him, everything else would be taken care of. It's in God's hands now. Right? Psalm 8. Got the whole world in his hand. Come on, sing with me. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. Yeah. It's actually not true. Psalm 8 says, When I consider your heavens, the work of your, your fingers... It's a Hebrew word. He didn't need his whole hand. That's how big God is. Hands are needed for carrying. Hands are needed for gripping. Hands are needed for embracing something heavy. You would need all of your hands. This is, I want you to understand, the world is dainty work for God. It's no big deal. The Bible says he measures the heavens with the span of his hand. You think your problems are huge. But he cares about them just the same. That's the thing about a loving God. He cares about them the same. It's Listen, I want you to understand this is, this is personal for me because it, it's the same thing that gets me through is what gets you through. Right? It's knowing how powerful God really is. It's, it's knowing that in the unknown, mm, I wouldn't go do this, he's there. It's not a cute little saying. I'm telling you today that the hands that frame the universe They told it all how to operate or holding you together. Holding you. And the one who's the one whose hands hold it all together has a plan. He's he's a way maker. Right? He's a miracle worker. That's who he is. It's what he's about. And so today I want to, I want you to understand he wants to, he wants to hold your hands too. 
love you. We honor you in this house. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your love. We thank you, God, for your presence. And we thank you for your voice through every page and every word of scripture. Giving meaning and purpose to our lives, to our future, to the hope of the world. That God, where you are, life is established. So God, we look to your word and ask you to fill our hearts with your word for our lives, both collectively and individually the same. That God, what you want to speak today, may it be powerful and effective. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hebrews chapter 11. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found. So in other words, they looked for him, right? But he was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So out of all the people listed in God's hall of fame, hall of faith, right? Hebrews chapter 11, Enoch, different than the rest, passively experienced the thing that he's known for. Everyone else actively experienced what there no Noah did what he what did Noah do he he built an ark i thought i was going to have to build one this week right it was crazy how many of you are loving this and at the same time being like oh, okay i guess this is where we are right it's been awesome but you know it, it, it's been different right and i'm i'm good with different right if we want to change we want to change and become a little more wet, lush, green, beautiful, I'm up for that. The averages are in our favor. We had dry long enough. Come on, everybody. Yes? I'm going to have to learn some things differently, right? I have mushrooms growing in my yard, strangely enough. Noah did something. Enoch was passive, right? By faith, Enoch was what? Taken. Well, how does he end up in the Hall of Fame if he didn't do anything to get there? Right, everybody? Some of you are like, this is not fair. I'm working really hard. I don't know that I'm going to get in. But it says... By faith, he did not see death. So he's known for something he did not do. Write this down if you want to take some notes. So this tells us that faith is needed for us. Faith is needed for what we choose to do. Here's what you probably haven't thought about. Faith's also needed for what we choose not to do. Hello. It takes faith to say yes but it also takes faith just to stay, right? 
Um, by faith had a by faith Enoch had a, a, a an NDE, a near death experience. How many of you have ever had a near death experience? Raise your hand. Come on, raise your hand. You had a near death. It's pretty much all of us. Those of you that haven't had a near death experience, we've driven behind you. You have. You just don't know it. <clears throat> right. <laughs> There have been many people who've had their entire lives changed by a near-death experience. One of those most famous ones in, is, that we know of is Martin Luther, Martin Luther Jr. He, he had a, a lightning storm that scared him so bad. I don't know if you know about this. He was in a lightning storm that scared him so bad, so much that he said to God, if you'll get me out of here, I'll, I'll, I'll be a preacher. I'll serve you with my whole life. I'll, 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 do, I'll do that. I'll be a pastor, and God got him out, and he kept his promise, right? In, in the course of history, the world's never been the same because he kept his promise. God kept his promise, and then he kept his. But, but Enoch's near-death experience wasn't the same as Martin Luther Jr.'s near-death experience. It, was, it, it wasn't a near-death experience. It was a no-death experience. He didn't die. He ended up in the Hall of Fame because of this no-death experience. But, but what does that mean to us? What, what do we know of Enoch? Well, we just read the majority of what we know about him in, in the Bible, in Hebrews 11. And if you'll notice, that's in the New Testament. But he lived when? He lived in the Old Testament. It says he, he lived in the time of Genesis chapter 5. That's, that's when he lived, lived. So he's an Old Testament figure, but, but, for more informa- but more information is given about him in the New Testament than it is the Old. In, in some ways, he belongs, in some ways, more in the New Testament than the Old Testament, which is interesting, right? And, and there are several figures in Scripture that are like this, like John the Baptist. John the Baptist is really more of an Old Testament prophet than he is New Testament. But he lived where? In New Testament time. And, and so he, he didn't really make sense in his age. You know, the Bible said he was peculiar looking, right? He, 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 he dressed funny. He ate different than everyone else. Right, he was he was a little bit different. If you have someone that eats a little different than everyone else next to you, just give them a little nudge. But in Genesis chapter six, verse five, the, the Lord saw that the wickedness of of man was great on the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. This is the this is the culture of the land at the time God created the earth. In Genesis 1, God creates, right? God creates, Genesis 1 and 2, God creates the earth. He speaks it into existence. All things are formed that are going to be formed. Everything's happening, right? The earth's blossoming, blooming. Things are taking place. And then soon, God says that the wickedness of man was great on the earth. And that God's thoughts, or that not God's thoughts, but, but that mankind's thoughts were evil Continually, I, I hear this sometimes. Well, just like, it's not like it used to be. Yeah, you have no idea how it used to be. It was worse, right? 
So in, in that culture, with everything going on in that time, his heart still prophesied. It's, I mean, still, excuse me, still, still prospered in the Lord. So, so if you ever just let yourself off the hook on the basis of how dark the culture is around you, just know Enoch didn't do that. Okay? Right? Not everyone else is doing it. Come on. So, here's the thing. Whose light shines in the darkness, and the darkness won't overcome it. He sent us here to be light in the world, yes? He sent us here to permeate the culture, okay? Following the footsteps of Jesus. So, Enoch didn't die. How many of you right now, you want this plan out, right? You want to take this one out, right? This is the plan that you want. Life insurance, Enoch.com, right? I'm down with some Enoch, right? By the way, he was seven generations back from Adam. Seven generations. So you go back to Adam, you go seven generations, you find this man, and he was saved at the age of 65, which is remarkable, right? Because statistics now show us that over 85% of all people that are, that are, that are of, of faith, the people that walk with Jesus, they give their life to Jesus before age 18. Over 85%. Church, that's why it's imperative that we reach children and youth. That's why it's imperative that we pour our hearts and lives into young families to teach those kids, to draw them to the heart of Jesus. It's so vitally important, right? God does something in the hearts of children and teenagers. It's, it's, a, it's an unbelievably amazing thing to watch. And, and I, I'm bummed that I don't get to go to church camp this year. Kind of. There's parts of me that aren't. I'm going to be honest. But... That's one thing that I love about, about being at, at a place like that where you're seeing literally hundreds of students coming to meet Jesus, coming to give their life to Christ, coming to get filled with the Spirit of God, coming, coming to be charged up to go into their culture and to affect it with the light of Jesus shining bright in them. So Enoch defies the culture by giving his life to God and living, living for God at age 65. The Bible says, seek your God in the days of your youth before difficult days come. How many of you know the older you get, the difficult days come? I don't know what all God meant by that, but I know this. People get set in their ways. They get set in their ideals and their beliefs, right? But the Word of God clearly says, give your life to, to, to God. Give your life. Walk in His ways. When? As, as a young person, the younger the better. The longer you serve Him, live for Him, hear Him, listen for His voice, right? The more you're going to hear Him and walk with Him. What's it also show us? It shows us you're never too old to hear God speaking. Don't you love that? Don't you love that? Those of you that aren't 18 anymore, come on, everybody. He was already getting, he was already getting the, the dinner discount at 
and digging it. You know what I'm saying? You do. Some of you are laughing. You know what I'm saying. You're like, 4.30, it's dinner time. Yeah, because you got up in the middle of the night. Started with breakfast. Weirdos. <laughs> Some of you know what I'm saying right now. We also know that the way he, the way the way God saved him involved his his son, which I think is awesome. The first 65 years of life, he didn't know God. He's probably just as heathen as everyone else around him. Listen, don't you ever believe your damaged goods? God can't do nothing with you. You come, you. You come to God, you're a blood-bought child of the king. Come on, seeking the spirit of God for your life and existence, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in your life to live a godly life. Come on, everybody. So how did he get saved? It was the birth of his son. How many of you remember the birth of a child in your life? Especially that first one, right? The first one's the weirdest. <laughs> The third one said amen really loud. It's the weirdest for the parents, Creed. It's the weirdest because suddenly, well, not quite like that. Uh, I was going to, you know, I thought that'd be too much. Good illustration, though, right there. You know what I'm talking about. It's like a wet St. Bernard coming through the cat door. Is really the issue. Come on, smile at me. That's funny. It's true. Stepping into the light of a brand new day. I've lost you all. Remember, it's in God's hands now. Parents, listen to me. It, it's your number one job to see to it that your children are saved and are following Jesus. If you get nothing else accomplished in life, but you do that, you're a success. If you get everything else accomplished in life and you don't do that, trust him. Trust him. Trust the Lord because he loves your kids. Live for him. Come on, everybody. Enoch's world was never the same after having his son. He went on to walk with God for 300 years. Yes, they lived longer back then. That's a lot of lunches at 430. Right? There's a lot of theories why people live longer then. As we get further from the fall. I mean, there's all sorts of things, the reasons why. But we know that life now, life was longer, now it's shorter, Right? And, uh, but Enoch lived 365 years. Think about it. One year for every day in a normal year. Now God's just showing off, isn't he? Right? Can I give you some things this morning? I want you to write these down. I'll show you some things that if you choose a life of faith like Enoch chose. You'll see some things in your life. Number one, 
you'll never be bored. You'll never be bored. If you choose to follow God with your life, you'll never be bored. <clears throat> life can be a lot of things that boring won't be on the list. I promise you that. God is not a tame lion. Okay? He, he's, you, you cannot domesticate him. There, there's, a will, there's a wildness of who God is, and there's an unorthodox way about him. And he's, he's that way by I guess his own design, he's, he's, he's bigger than all the, other, 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 than, other than wise, um, other than consistent, I mean, I'd say, cons- I'd say God is consistent. He's consistent in ways. He's wildly inconsistent in other ways. Um, and and that, that's just how God did things. Right? I mean, all through Scripture, God said, hey, there's a, there's a big giant that needs to be killed. God, God didn't call the warrior Saul to kill him. He's like, hmm, how can we get this done? Let's get the tiny shepherd kid with no skills for the battlefield to show off a little bit. Right? He, he, he taps, he, as I already talked about Noah, he taps on Noah, right? He's like, rain's going to come. It had never rained on the earth. Not a drop. Noah's out there gathering locust wood, pounding wood together and building a boat. What's that thing? You're crazy, dude. All, all the HOA people coming down on him. You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? God's chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the mighty. He's chosen the simple things. The disciples made no sense. I wouldn't have trusted those dudes with safety scissors. You know what I'm talking about? And yet Jesus used them to turn the world upside down. Okay? Because they've been with Jesus. Whose ways are not our ways. Whose thoughts are different than our thoughts. Okay? You, I mean, ugh. And they seldom make sense. Right? We need a giant bonfire. God's like, let's get everything really wet. What? Right? We've got a huge crowd of people. Hey, find that kid with the Lunchable. It's a massive crowd of people. No Lunchable? Right? Are you getting what I'm talking about? So why are we constantly bumping into the wall where we're just, we're saying, oh, no, it's not going to work. God, this can't work. I really think God's like, perfect. Now we can do something. Right? God is pleased when we get to the point where it's in your hands now. See, here's the deal. We all want a testimony, but none of us want to test. We face an issue, and God is saying, you're going to have to trust me, or you're going to have to walk in your own human understanding. So here's the thing. You'll never be bored. 
with a life of faith, you'll never be bored. Bodybuilders talk about muscle confusion. They, they don't do the same exercises all the time because if you do the same exercises all the time, you'll plateau, you won't get stronger. Your muscles will get used to that and just stop right there. So, so your, your, your muscles need confusion. Look at me. So does your soul. And when you come up against things that you've never walked through, and you have to trust God in a different level, in a different way than you've ever had to trust Him before. This is what we're talking about. It's in God's hands now. That means that God knows that everything you think that you want is not exactly what you need. You, you were built for a battle. You were built for, you were prepared for a fight but if you don't battle spiritually, part of your life will atrophy. You'll just kind of get, you'll, you'll be a wimpy Christian. That's what you'll be. Right? Comfort zones don't keep life safe. They keep life small. We've got a world desiring safety. And God is saying, run with me to the edges. Jump into my arms. We got a whole world, and, and by and large, I think the churchmen has been part of part of the issue, right? Can't have conflict. Better not say that. People will get upset. One thing I noticed about Jesus, he made a lot of people mad. They killed him for it. Come on. How many of you would ever like to watch a movie with no conflicts, no battles, no setbacks? No one would ever watch that movie. You wouldn't read that book. You wouldn't watch that movie. What's William Wallace without the death of his wife? You mean tell you? A guy in a dress. That's weird. Dudes don't dress in dresses. But the world... Oh, yeah, they're dudes now. No, they're not dudes. Y'all got quiet like I just hadn't said what I just said. (laughs) William Wallace had a fight in him. Come on, everybody. He was a mighty warrior. He rises to the occasion, and so can you. you choose to. I've said this to you for years. Your greatest power is your power to what? Choose. Choose. So good news. You'll never be bored. Bad news. You'll never be bored. God keeps our lives as our prayer lives stay healthy. Come on, everybody. God keeps us close. So number one, you won't be bored. Number two, if you follow God, you'll never be alone. Psalm 139, verse 7 through 10, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. 
If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. What Enoch is celebrated for is his walk. It's his walk. Enoch walked with God. Both Hebrews 11 and Genesis 5 celebrate Enoch for his walking. Okay? Walking's amazing. How do you like to walk? Yeah, some of you probably got in the building, walked. You got here. It's, it's, I mean, we celebrate. Like, Noli just learned to walk not long ago. We're like, yeah! You know, she, she'd first two, three steps in the office. We're like, go, girl, go! <laughs> you know, and I know this about every parent. They're like, aren't they brilliant? Um, newsflash, we're all upright. <laughs> right? You don't have a genius on your hands just because they're not on all fours anymore. Right? But at first, we feel like they are, don't they? Right? Walking's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing because when you choose, when you choose to walk with someone, you're deliberately matching their pace. You, you have to get in sync. If you're going to walk with a, a choice to walk with someone is to be intentional to bring your gate to theirs for you to, to, to walk in sync together. Have you ever walked with somebody that refused to walk with you? Dude, I don't like walking with people like that, right? When I hike, I hike at my speed, okay? If you're with me, if you're slower than my speed, we can walk together. If not, I'll see you when I get up there. And if you're mad about it, go a different direction tomorrow. Come on, right? But we got to be intentional about where we're headed. And so when we're walking, we... If, one of, the, one of the things over the years is, is we've hired staff, the church. The most important thing we can do is walk together. Can we walk together? Do we have common vision? Come on, everyone. Do we have common gate? Is it going to be a constant struggle? That's why unifying vision is so important beyond, and, and then things be, but like behavioral values, things like that. They're important. Why? Because if we don't have similar things, we're going to be mm, outpacing one another. It's going to be a mess. So we want to see people at church experience life in Jesus. Yes? That's, so unity, unify. we got to unify so we can go together. Because we're walking this out together. So God wants to walk with you. Originally God set it up where in the cool of the day, He walked with those He had created. Right? God walked with Adam and Eve in the garden. Right? God would show up. This is awesome. Just think about this every day. Debrief with God every day, end of the day. The sun's going to start setting. We're going to go for a walk together. When? After, it, after it's no longer hot. Somebody already like that right there, right? We're going to walk with We're going to walk with God. Some of you know that the Jewish day begins at sunset, not at sunrise. So I want you to understand. God was preparing them for a new beautiful day by walking with them through the remainder of this one. That's beautiful, right? That's God's heart for the creation that he has created. He has placed us on this earth. So he talked with him. He talked with them about their accomplishments throughout the day and the enjoyment that they had throughout the day. What would you name today, Adam? 
you know, I just imagine them cruising through the garden. I mean, just all the things, right? They're just, they're just living life. Ephesians 4 says, and Paul says this, I, a prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk a walk worthy of the calling. God wants our eyes open so that we can walk with him. Come on, church. <laughs> There's a book called, if you never read this book, Sarah, you might get this one. <laughs> Good luck if you do. A Walk Across America. That's a hike, Right? guy by the name of Peter Jenkins wrote this book, New York, New York Times bestseller, Peter Jenkins. He, he, he walked across the country. He, his life was falling apart. It was a real mess. So he got his big husky dog, and he walks from coast to coast. And he, along the way, it's a, it's, it, the book's fascinating, and it's tragic all the same time because his dog got ran over and killed. All of you like right now, you're like, oh. What's crazy is how hard it jerked the leash right out of his... I don't know that. I don't know that. Sorry. I just... The way I think is just different than the way... Some of you are like, yeah, it is. He ends up in Mobile, Alabama, and his life is a mess. He's, he's just wandering around, and it's so meaning... He goes into a church service, and he hears James Robinson preach the, the gospel, and suddenly he finds everything he thought he was going to find on his, on his walk. Gives his life to Jesus, writes the book, becomes a New York Times bestseller. The power of a walk, everybody. Right? The power of a walk. Uh, George Megan does the, does this same thing. He he except he doesn't start at one coast. He he starts at the coast. He starts at the tip of South America. This brother walked all the way to the northernmost part of Alaska. Yeah. He made America so much harder than it needed to be, right? 19,019 miles. One foot in front of the other. Took him seven years. He did only eight miles a day. He wore through 13 pair of tennis shoes. And get this, he had two babies along the way. I mean, he didn't, but. Met, met, he was single when he started. Met a girl along the way. She had a baby. Then she went home, came back a little later, had another one. Dude ended up with like a, a whole Brady Bunch by the end of the trip. You know what I'm saying? It was... The astonishing part is this. There are other people who did the same thing he did. I, and I thought maybe this dude, this guy holds the record for the long walk. Oh, no. People have done that and then, then set out to conquer other continents. H hear me today. There's nothing more important than your walk with God. Understand that. So prioritize walking with Him. Walking with Him. How can God get a hold of you if you're always at a place where everyone else can get a hold of you? Come on. What I love about walking is that it's steady, right? It's just, it's just one foot in front of the other. It's, there's nothing glamorous about walking. Running, a little more glamorous. Walking, eh, pretty much we can all do that. Right? God operates at the speed of seasons. And seasons take time. Jesus was oft, often disappointing people who wanted something from him. 
But he was often off seeking the Father, prioritizing his what? His walk. Come on. Get your walk right. Number three, if you follow God, you'll never, ever, ever wonder where you stand. You'll never have to wonder where you stand. Enoch had this testimony. He pleased God. That was it. He persevered through stuff that didn't make sense humanly. He went through it. His testimony was that he pleased the Lord. How? By what? By faith. By faith. He pleased God because it's impossible to please God without faith. He, so he spoke. He spoke with God. He walked with God. And God says, I'm, I'm pleased with you. I'm pleased with you. And if you're prioritizing your walk with God, he speaks that over you too. Come on, church. I'm pleased with you. When Jesus baptized, when he was baptized in the river, he comes up out of the water. The father speaks over him and says what? This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Hadn't done a miracle yet. Hadn't preached a sermon yet. Some of you are like, yeah, why? Well, I mean, God's obviously going to say that about Jesus. Look at all the things he had done. He had done nothing yet. He'd swept the carpentry shop a time or two, right? He didn't, kill, he didn't kill James, his brother. I'm sure he wanted to. Come on, everybody. Have you known a James? No, I'm just kidding. Those of you, <laughs> some of you are like, you gotta, I don't have anything against James. Jesus hadn't yet come to do what he came to do. Right? He's just God's beloved son. Who are you? Who are you? Are you his son? Are you his daughter? Are you following him? Are you walking with him? You're not alone if that's you. shows us that the power he had, he had didn't come from his doing came from his being okay who he was listen was not what he did sadly this is how we describe people today right by what they do Not necessarily who they are. To the extent, listen, that your that your value comes from your net worth, from, from your productivity, from your career accomplishment, from your personal best on the field or the track. If your net worth comes from those things, listen to me, your value is vulnerable. Your value is vulnerable. And if you're not already there, you'll get to a place where you wonder where you stand. Because you weren't, aren't, you, you'll, you'll wake up one day and realize, I'm not where I used to be. The light's not quite as bright on me like it used to. Come on, everybody. I'm not as young as I once was. If I attach my value to anything that I'm building my life on, if that's sand, come on. 
I want you to understand, if you're, if you're, if you're building your value on things that you can accomplish, that sand and the tide's coming. But if I stand by faith, knowing that I'm a child of Jesus, that I'm loved, I'm a loved son of God, come on. Jesus declares that over my life. He speaks that over my life. And I recognize to, 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 to please God, sometimes I'm going to disappoint people I'm going to make my aim to please him. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 2. And walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. 2 Corinthians 5 9. So we make it our goal to what? To please him. Whether we are at home in the body or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. So that each of us may receive what is due us for the things while done while in the body, whether good or bad. If we disappoint people, guys, but, but God is happy with us, well done. And it's the end of that, that that's what matters, okay? If, when, newsflash, when you die, no one reads your resume. They don't care about your dress size. God speaks over you. If he speaks over you, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of the Lord. That matters. And that gives you firm standing. Come on, everybody. That's foundational. That's foundational. Oh, but how much money did he make? No one cares. Here's my question. Did he lead his children to Jesus? Come on. Number four. We're going to follow God. You will never guess what happens next. You will never be able to guess what happen, what's, what's going to happen next. You'll never be able to guess it. Ernest Hemingway said, I don't know if you know this, but he... he Ernest Hemingway was one of the best authors that's ever lived. Hemingway said, I know when I'm done writing for the day, when I know what happens next. He liked to stay in a state of surprise and be unpredictable about what was going to come off of his pen on paper. Good news. If you follow Jesus, you'll never know what's about to take place. Some of you are like frightened by that. Lean into that. Lean into that because if you're walking with God, come on, if it's in His hands now, you're good. You're going to be just fine. Come on, everybody. If you follow Jesus and don't know what's going to go on, I promise you, you won't. Because it's not going to make sense sometimes. But by faith, we get to see God do things that are impossible, like we sang a while ago. But life is impossible. Get this. Either way. Some people want God to be predictable so that they can trust Him. But I can't trust God because He's not predictable. I can pray, but sometimes I don't hear Him. Well, you do other things that you do have faith in. 
Listen, it's because we, if we don't choose faith, it's impossible to please him. Come on. But if you insist on controlling it, you have to know how it happens before, before you can believe. Just understand this. You'll never believe. Because Jesus said the blessing comes for those who believe it. Who walk in faith. Right? So bad news. If you don't live a life of faith, you're not going to live a life with God. Enoch believed in the miraculous of him getting saved at, 80, at 65 years old. That's, a, that's amazing in itself. At the birth of his son, by the way, that's amazing too. He's 65 have, having children. Gail, I'm done, 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 done. Remember we were done with two? <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Little bro came along, shook up the whole thing. The favorite. Oh, I saw him. <laughs> I didn't think either one of them were in here. Just kidding, Dylan. Got you, buddy. At the miraculous age of 365 years of age. One day, walking with God. I believe God just casually says to Enoch, you know, continue this conversation at my house. Enoch's like, sure. And off they went. And the Bible says they look for him. How many of you would be still out there looking for grandpa? Right? Following them tracks, right, with a cane or that walker, right? Grandpa took a long walk. We don't know where he's at, but he's gone. Off they went. Wow. I just see posters around town. Last scene, having quiet time. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. I guess this is in God's hands now. Yeah? Why did God choose to do this? Listen, we didn't theorize that, that God wanted to give us a picture in the Old Testament of a promise in the New Testament. That often happened. Genesis 3.15, listen, is the first example of the gospel. Long before we have a John 3.16, we have a Genesis 3.15, right? So it would seem the reason God did this with Enoch, <laughs> then Elijah following his foot, come on everybody, Enoch's footsteps because Enoch was a prisoner, I mean, excuse me, Enoch was a pioneer, Enoch's a pioneer. He's, he's starting things out in 2 Kings. We're told that, that Elijah went to heaven without what? Dying. It would seem that God wanted us to have a context for something that would remain a mystery until Paul the Apostle explained the mystery in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. He said, Behold, I tell you a mystery, you shall not all sleep. That's a New Testament language for the death of a Christian, right? It's never used for the death of a non Christian. 
Death is a permanent state for the non-Christian. Scripture says we shall not all sleep, but shall be all be changed at a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet of God will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible. We shall all be changed. For this corruptible shall put on incorruption, and this mortal shall put on immortality. So what Paul is giving us here is the language is to what Enoch gave us a picture of, and that's a generation of people luckily, lucky enough to be living by faith on earth when Jesus on that day keeps his promise and Jesus says, I'm going to go to heaven to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I shall return and bring you unto myself. Wherever I am, you may be also, right? So this is also is something that Paul gives us more clarity about in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Okay, Enoch got to be a prophet prophesying about a day that that is yet future to us. Are you with me? I know I'm going fast. But is coming soon to an earth near you. What is that? The return of the king when every wrong will be set right and every believer currently living by faith shall at that point bypass death and translate instantly into the kingdom of God to physically live with him forever, to rule and reign with him, to be with him as he returns the world to its rightful order and complete under new management. Come on. Jude prophesies in the language of Enoch. This is crazy. This is an Old Testament saint giving a New Testament prophecy. Check it out. Jude, verse 14. You're like, what chapter? It's just Jude. Jude's just one, right? Jude, verse 14. The seventh from Adam prophesied, Behold, the Lord comes for thousands of his saints, and oh, how I want to be in that number. Come on, everybody. When the saints go marching. Mm. Anybody with me? Whether I die and go to be with him, trusting him as a beacon of faith for the day he returns, I want to be part of that company. Okay? And what's so awesome is is that that is is a reminder to, to that which used to be our greatest source of terror is now our source of peace. Death used to be a club that the devil could walk around slamming down on his paw, keeping us in line, enslaving us to fear. Death used to be the, the devil's greatest threat against us, to die. Now, bring it on. I got a nice place prepared. Come on. I'd rather not go today. Some days I'd rather go. Listen, death used to be his greatest threat against us to die disconnected from God. That's why it's important that we get people to Jesus, right? Because to live without him is to be dead forever. It's to die a million deaths. So we're right, right? People without Jesus should be Rightfully afraid of the death of the cross. 
But on the cross, I want you to understand, Jesus destroyed the power of death by dying and rising again. Then Paul said, we can stay in faith without dying. Death, where is your sting? Where is your victory? For the sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. But our sin was nailed to the cross. So thanks be to God through Christ Jesus our Lord who has given us the victory. The victory. The day Jesus died, death was defanged. God snatched death from the hands of the enemy so that he can still walk around talking junk. But remind yourself that he has no weapon in his hand against you. A follower of Jesus is now God's. I'm going to say something that's going to sound a little weird to you. Death's in God's hands now. But you don't have to be afraid of dying. But he's going to use it to accomplish his purposes. Psalm 116 says this about death. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Precious and death normally don't go together. Right? Because God is talking about what the devil used against us to accomplish his purpose. And when you understand that, you can sleep. You sleep really good. Right? Some of you have a hard time going to sleep. Just understand, if you're walking with God, sleep really good. Right? Hadville PM, baby. Come on. I'm going to close with this. Have you enjoyed it? Let me tie some things together for you. Anybody heard of a guy named Methuselah? Well, that just happens to be Enoch's son. Enoch's son, Methuselah. When Methuselah was born, Enoch gives his life to, to God. He gets radically saved. And God is so good that he embedded a prophecy in Methuselah's name. The prophecy is literally this. His death shall bring it. That's what Methuselah means. So the immediate fulfillment of Methuselah's name is that there is a ticking time bomb attached to his life. That when Methuselah dies, bad things are coming. Death is attached to his name. Death is attached to him. So as long as he lived, judgment would be held back. But when Methuselah's death occurred, judgment was going to come upon the earth. And if you do a little research, if you line up the days and the years of Methuselah's death, something crazy happens the year he died. We had a little flood on this earth. And everyone died. Except the guy in the boat. What gives us comfort and so much love for a Savior that's that powerful is the length of Methuselah's life. How old was Methuselah when he died, Mike? No, 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 no. Not Methuselah. Methuselah was 969 years old when he died. Longer than any other living person ever before that time 
or since. What does this show us? It shows us the mercy and love, love of God. When God was judging the world, listen to me. As soon as Methuselah died, God kept him alive for a long time. Why? Because God's heart does not delight in the death of the wicked. He wants all people saved. He wants all people to know him, to walk with him in the cool of the day. And wickedness was upon this earth. God shows us his mercy and his love in an astounding way. When God was going to judge the world as soon as he died, he held death back. Because he loves people so much. We got to keep preaching. We got to keep telling people about Jesus. Come on, church. We got to have kids blitz and church camp. Y'all got to have more babies. Because old people get saved when that stuff happens. Young people's prayer life increases. So God loved the world. So he what? So he gave his son. Whosoever believes in him shall live and have what? Everlasting life. You too don't have to die. Come on, church. It's in God's hands now. Mm. Don't you love the word of God? So rich. So good. Two little sentences about a guy that just... And God, man, God loves us enough that he... He says, that's your message right there. That's the heart that I have for the world. Mike, would you come or yeah, whoever? Can we can we just stand together? Would you play? Just play something pretty. I haven't said that in a long time. Play something. Play something. I don't care. Would you just stand up to your feet all over the stream? This just felt like a big family gathering today, and the father's definitely spoken to us. couple things. Number one, are you walking with Jesus? If you're not, I can't, I can't say it any plainer than I've said it. Walk with him. Give your life to Jesus Christ. The, the greatest adventure of your entire existence will begin you choose to walk with Jesus to live for him to put your faith and trust in him God's bigger and more powerful than you've ever thought about him being what he has for you is truly unimaginable so I can't encourage you enough give your life to Jesus then walk with him spend some time with him every day 
I encourage you. I, I encourage you as the church, listen to me, as transitions are gonna happen, can, can I tell you, there's never been a more important time for you to pray than right now. For you to walk with Jesus. Well, what can I do, Pastor Eric, to help? You can pray. You can walk with Jesus. You can trust him. This is God's church. He walks with us. So as we choose to walk this out, to walk with him, what are we doing? We're choosing to say, okay, God, I put my life in your hands. Now, whatever you want to do. You'll never be bored. You'll always live a life of adventure. Come on, everybody. never be alone. Some of you feel alone. If you've given your life to Jesus, you're not alone. If you haven't, maybe that's encouragement to not be alone any longer, right? To lean in, give your life to him. Heavenly Father, I love you so much. I just want to ramble forever, God, because I love these people. word is astounding and we just so thank you for it we thank you for what you're doing in our lives but God allow us to take your word and love people with it let us minister to the people around us let us care about what's going on in their world in their life in their home in their family on the job God wherever we may go help us to shine bright the light that you have placed within life of faith is a foundation that we, we live on. We trust you. So God, do what you want to do. Do what you want to do. How many of you today needed the encouragement of the word of God spoken into your life today? Come on, raise your hands toward heaven and just thank the Lord. Thank you, God, for all that you've done for me, for my life, for my day. Now help me to live it out. Help me to walk it out. Help me to trust you. To love people. God, I pray as we leave this place, we leave as the church. To affect the world around us. And may it be said of us like Enoch. That he walked by faith in you. Thank you for listening with us today. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash or join us for service Sundays at 9 or 11 a.m.